0: Like to welcome everybody back to Alabama Care today. We have Mr. Bob Lujano, a bronze medalist Paralympic wheelchair rugby player, and Mr. Gary Pate, USA wheelchair rugby staff member, uh, and also a judge. Uh, and at this, uh, we're, today we're going to be talking about the Paralympics. Um, we're competing right now, uh, and kind of hyping that up and seeing some upcoming events. At this point, I'd like to hand it back over, Mr. Lujano. If you would introduce yourself.
1: Hello, yes. I'm Bob Lujano. Uh, I currently am an inclusion specialist uh, for the National Center on Health, Physical Activity, and Disability uh, located at Lakeshore Foundation in Birmingham, Alabama. And I was also a uh, wheelchair rugby uh, Paralympian back in 2004 at the Paralympic Games in Athens, Greece, in which we won the the bronze medal and uh, still very much involved in, in wheelchair sports uh in various wheelchair sports uh but also played uh over 25 years in the sport of wheelchair rugby 20 of those years were for the lakeshore foundation demolition derby wheelchair rugby team and uh which i happen to uh uh have the pleasure of working and, and meeting with my good friend gary Bate.
0: Uh, now did i hear demolition derby there
1: uh, so, yes, the, uh, sorry, the Lakeshore Demolition is the name of the team, and our tournament would be called the Demolition Derby. So, <laughs> okay. and we would have that tournament every January, at the end of every January. So, uh, so yes, the Lakeshore Rugby t- team is called the uh, the Lakeshore Demolition.
2: Awesome. Um, and, Mr. Pate, if you would introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Gary Pate, and uh, I, I've known Bob since 2004. I believe Uh, Bob uh, is directly responsible for me getting involved with rugby and Paralympic sports and adaptive sports and all of that. Uh, I don't, I don't know whether that's credit or blame. Okay. I mean, it's, you know, one, one of the two Uh, uh, I spent my uh, professional career as a lawyer. And then as a judge, I was a divorce judge for 21 years and uh, was uh, injured while rock climbing and did a lot of rehab at the Lakeshore Foundation, which is where Bob and I got uh, involved together. And he uh, invited me to a rugby practice. Uh, my first thought, my first thought was, "Well, I'm I'm not I'm too old to play, and I'm certainly not good enough to play." And then I realized he wasn't inviting me to play; he was inviting <laughs> me to come work on wheelchairs. So I thought, "Okay, okay, I I could do that." Uh, they needed a kind of a Team Equipment guy at that point and Bob Bob was kind enough to extend the invite to me and quite frankly the first time I went I was hooked. I was I got uh, 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 fell in love with the players and with the sport itself Uh, from from that uh, a lot of different things in rugby but was uh, fortunate enough in 2009 to uh, get invited to be on staff with USA Rugby uh attended the uh paralympics in london in 2016 lived in the olympic village had that great experience which was just a we'll talk about it more later uh did not attend rio uh because i got uh asked by nbc to broadcast so i actually 2016 uh rio broadcast wheelchair rugby uh so have had a lot of different levels of involvement and uh not quite as involved today as I was at one time, but but still pretty heavily involved.
0: Well, uh, thank you both for being on with us this morning. Uh, and you mentioned the first time that you uh, came and saw the wheelchair rugby at Lakeshore, you were kind of blown away and wanted to get involved. Now, my experience so far has only been through YouTube. Uh, I've seen YouTube videos of Murderball wheelchair rugby, and it looks awesome. And I've been wanting to see a practice here there at Lakeshore, but and these times are kind of crazy, so they blocked off the practices. Uh, we haven't been able to, you know, witness any of those or kind of
2: no, no, no. Uh, see any games. You don't need to witness a practice. We need to get you in a chair. We need to get you up and let you hit some. Uh, it's uh, one thing to watch. It's another thing to be in the chair and have uh, have have somebody like Bob coming down the court at full tilt, at about seriously, at about 30 miles an hour and hit you as hard as he can then you'll understand wheelchair rugby a little bit
0: i feel like i'd want to be completely padded up with a helmet everything (laughs) um so let's talk a little bit about um for anybody that's not familiar with the paralympics i'd like to get a little bit of history uh and kind of talk how we are we got here today um and I'll, i'll hand it over both of you if you could give a
2: little bit of history of the paralympics
1: uh, Judge, you want to go take the first stab at it? Well, Bob, I
2: well, okay, assumed you wanted to go since you actually were at the first ones in, what, 1890, 1896? <laughs> <1896, or whatever. laughs> uh, I, frankly, I, I don't know the entire history of it, but I know that adaptive sports became uh, be, uh, started developing in England, uh, and the first Par- Paralympic contests were actually held in England. Uh, Almost as a side, not actually as part of the Olympics, but a a lot of the sports developed there. From from that, uh, uh, of my particular interest uh, would be, I think Bob seriously participated in the first uh, sanctioned wheelchair rugby in the Paralympics. Is that true?
1: Well, the I actually worked uh, for the 90, 1996 that uh, was ninety six in Atlanta, right? In Atlanta, exactly. Yeah. yeah, just to give a little more historical context, um, in the nineteen forties, after World War II, um, Sir Ludwig uh, Gutwin Gutt, um, uh, was a physician who came up with an idea of having to treat a lot of the uh, soldiers coming back from World War II. Uh, A lot of the spinal cord injuries specifically, and he came up with an idea that they needed to be involved in activity and not just laying in a bed. So he helped, uh, like uh, Judd said, in in Stoke Mandible, created uh, out of the hospital there the Stoke Mandible Games, um, in which people with disabilities... uh, would get involved in activities, whether it be archery, basketball, um, just getting uh, people with disabilities active, and it's from there that sprung the uh, the idea of the Paralympics, which our first games were officially in Rome in 1960. Uh, we would also come back in '64 in in Tokyo, and in '68 Mexico. But we didn't become uh, the same on the same ticket, if you will, united with the Olympics until, oh, actually, you have to go back to uh, Sydney to, well, actually, it wouldn't be till, I believe, 1992 is when you would have uh, Olympic and Paralympic Games at the same venues. Um, That's kind of when that started in Barcelona. And then in 96, we had it here in Atlanta. Uh, 2000 Sydney, and and from then on it's just gotten better every year. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, Judge Gary actually went to probably consider one of the best ones ever, which was, uh, in London in 2012. Uh, A lot of my friends that went that said it was just uh, outstanding. Um, but yes, but since, uh, 92 it's always been, making sure that the olympics and paralympics share the same venue the same facilities um not at the same time of course but just a couple of weeks later the olympics first and then the paralympics afterwards so and and today what you see in in tokyo is pretty much uh 2 weeks after the olympic games the paralympics have been using the same venues the same village things of that nature now you and mentioned as fact, 2012 United States,
0: is the best go ahead yeah, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry I was going to say, as a matter of fact, the United States Olympic Committee is now the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee, and that was something that happened a couple of, about a couple of years ago that was very instrumental in making sure that we're united in our endeavors of, of Olympic and Paralympic uh, success.
0: Um, So it's still going through some evolution there. And it sounds like really in the last 20 to 30 years, it's been solidified. Um, And I feel like it's kind of doing that. um, Adaptive sports are kind of doing that with with the World Games. Uh, This year, we have the World Games for the first time in Birmingham. uh, And there is the first adaptive sports in the World Games this year. So we're very excited about that as well. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about... um, if you could both comment on the struggle to be a paralympian and really what it takes behind the scenes uh what you guys notice for the family and kind of the day-to-day so if there is a a younger athlete or a younger student that's thinking that they might want to be a paralympian um, if you could kind of tell them what it takes to do that
2: let me let me give the perspective first from somebody who's not a Paralympian, because uh, I think Bob Bob will have a different view. Uh, both views equ- equally valid, uh, but I've only participated from a staff, from a support viewpoint, from from a spectator viewpoint, from all of these sort of things, and uh, I think one of the things, even in the modestly short time I've been involved, uh, have seen. A a, a a real shift in public perception. Uh, th- there's there certainly was an era not all that long ago where if you talked about adaptive sports, you were well one people didn't even know what you were talking about. So for a young athlete uh, who had who had the desire and the ability and the talent and maybe even the uh, the the support had family had had community whatever you. There's time not all that long ago where you could have all of that, and you you still had no outlet. You had no place to go to do it. Uh, uh, in Alabama, I believe I, I believe I can say this correctly. I believe it was in 2010 when a lawsuit was filed against the Alabama High School Athletic Association to to force them to provide outlets for uh, athletes with disabilities. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, there are a number of lawsuits across the nation uh, and it's, it's a shame that it it took that to uh, provide these opportunities for young athletes uh, to have a place to train and not only to have a place to train, but more more important to have a place to compete uh, to, to, to uh, cre- create the venues and create the opportunities and the outlets. So a young athlete today looking at Uh, watching the Paralympics and thinking gee I could I I could I I, I could do one of that I I could do any of that at least today there's a lot more opportunity uh, for that younger player uh, to develop to have a place to go train like Lakeshore or like other places around the nation and then to have the opportunity to compete Bob
1: Yes, uh, you hit it right on the head in regards to opportunity. That's that's basically what we're looking for. And, um, you know, persons with disabilities, especially youth with disabilities, uh, have 38 percent higher obesity rates than youth without a disability. So it's very important that there be an opportunity for recreation. And it's, it's from that opportunity, whether it be in your limited high school, uh, but you know it could be even in your own neighborhood, just just pushing around the block, if you will, just having some type of recreation access. Uh, fortunately, there have been some organizations nationwide that have stepped up. Uh, some of them geared specifically to specific disabilities. You know, United Cerebral Palsy, um, you know, Spinal Cord Association. You know, at the end of the day, it's about having those opportunities for recreation for adaptive sport and it's from just that opportunity that's where the you know the dream if you will of being a paralympian can be uh, started and, and and as you continue in your endeavor of, of improving your skills uh, getting those opportunities uh, that's when that uh, dream can nourish and and, and and have an opportunity to grow and you know at the end of the day for me you know whether I was or, or was not going to be a Paralympic athlete. The most important thing was just being able able to have an opportunity uh, to have a recreation adaptive experience. Uh, but for myself, I've always been involved in in wanting to be competitive and, and active. But it's just having that opportunity. Uh, and, and that's what happens here at Lakeshore Foundation. We provide those recreation activities uh, in wheelchair sports, in adaptive sport. And it's from there that the opportunity to reach that elite level of a Paralympic sport uh, can be achieved uh, by many of our athletes.
0: I love that when you go to Lakeshore, uh, you're probably going to be bumping into... Uh... You know, bronze medalist, silver medalist, gold medalist. uh, Whether that's on the court, whether that's on the track, whether that's in the pool, um, you don't. You may not realize it, but you know, if you had questions about competing or you wanted to know what that journey looked like, you most definitely just look over and and kind of start a conversation. Say, "Hey, what is that? What is that like? Uh, What was that experience like?" And I love that both of you uh, have commented that you're you're active. Um, I think that's a big thing. I know for myself, uh, staying competitive, I have to have that outlet uh, in life, whether that's, you know, sports or something like that. Uh, I play hockey, ice hockey, um, but to continue being competitive. And I think later in life, it'll probably be something like golf, uh, you know, or darts, something like that. But there'll always be something there that I have to have a competitive outlet for. um, And I think that's important. But um, I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, the team atmosphere. So when you go into sports, um, I think this is a big thing: is the camaraderie. Uh, Like when you're traveling to the Paralympics um, and you're competing with individuals, uh, and kind of the behind the scenes there, and what that means to you.
1: Brother Gary, you go first.
2: Well, go. Want to reflect back and tie this into your question now about youth sports and opportunities and whatever because one of the things that many uh younger people with with disabilities have been left out of have been team sports uh you can get in your wheelchair and push you can get in a swimming pool and and perhaps swim Uh, there there are there are activities you can do uh but there have been sadly very very few opportunities for uh, children with disabilities uh to participate in a team sport and coming into rugby as i came into it i absolutely it it was funny i it's it's funny you asked ask that question because i i remember early on in it absolutely could look at the rugby players and know which ones had played team sports and which ones had not. There was a different atmosphere. There was a different and, and I say different. I'm, I'm not talking necessarily good or bad. I'm not saying one, one, one was bad and one was good, but there is a difference there. There is a difference between a, a, a competing by yourself and competing with a team. Uh, And so one of the things I love about Lakeshore in the uh, uh, adaptive sports programs for the kids, uh, whether it be go ball, whether it it be rugby, whether it be basketball, uh, whether it be swimming, uh, this team atmosphere where uh, you learn about uh, relying on each other, you learn about respecting each other, you learn about uh, encouraging each other, you uh, learn about that there is a uh, greater goodness, which is called a team than just the individual. Uh, And I'm not sure how, if you're never exposed to it as a child or as a young teen or whatever, I don't know if you're never exposed to that. I used to see that at rugby to see some of the players who I think had a little trouble adjusting to that team atmosphere. Again, not because they weren't trying, they just had never experienced it. They had never felt that Uh, because you do learn respect and support and encouragement. And you learn that if the the days I'm having a bad day, maybe Bob's having a great day and Bob's going to make the team work. Well, guess what? Next week, Bob's going to have a bad day and Gary's going to have a good day and I'm going to make the team work. uh, and, and those opportunities to learn that in a team setting and you talk about traveling together and doing and doing uh, 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 those experiences, it really does become like family. It, it, it truly, uh, one, because you're spending probably more time with your teammates sometimes than you are spending with your actual f- f- flesh and blood or your wife or your husband or your partner or whomever. Uh, you're, you're spending more time, but you're spending it intimately. You're 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 in the same hotel. You're you're eating together. You're I sorry say you're bathing together. Well I don't I don't know if you're bathing together, but you're I'm just saying you're sharing all of the facilities together. You're in the dressing rooms together, you're 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 doing all of this, and there is a, a closeness and an intimacy that, that traveling together certainly gives you that you don't really get anywhere else.
1: Bob? Yeah, and the further I don't, yeah, and the further add-on to that point is, you know, a lot of times, uh, especially with wheelchair rugby, uh, which is kind of more than anything geared towards adults with disabilities, uh, you'll have a person that recently has a, a disability, acquired their disability, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, yes, I want to travel with the rugby team, but I, I'm still having issues uh, with bowel and bladder, I'm still having issues on transferring, I'm still having issues on skin breakdown, and it's that. Like Gary said, you know, with that team experience and and having people with similar disabilities, it's like, well, you know, I've been dealing with that for 20 years and this is what I do. And uh, this is how you get around this or this is how you can improve on that. So it's not only a camaraderie of growing as an athlete in, in the sport, but also on your, you know daily life experiences. And then, you know, going through your disability, you know, a person starting out at 30 and then you get an old man like me at 50. It's like, you know, I, I have over 30 years of experiences to share as far as, you know, this is how I deal with my disability and, and skin issues and, and breakdown and things of that aspect. So, And that actually feeds into Gary's response in regards to not having a, a good day. That's That's really kind of more of a mental issue where You know, hey, I've just had enough of rugby. You know, it's four four months into the season. I'm tired and not feeling well, and 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 that's where your your teammate, your staff person, can come in and just say, hey, this we're going to do today. You know, let's let's dial it down a little. Let's do some team building stuff. Let's not necessarily uh, have to scrimmage each other. Let's just talk about you know what's going on, or let's share you know what you're doing these days. And so you know, again, it's really a situation where as a family we're kind of moving forward and dealing with whatever issues uh, we have to deal with,
2: you know, uh, oh, and one, one thing Sorry. we go back to go back to the traveling thing that Bob mentioned, I think is so, so it's such an important message, <clears throat> excuse me, especially in rugby. So many of the men and women that play rugby were able bodied up until a point they were, they were able bodied up until they had the car wreck up until they had the diving accident, up until they had the surgical, uh, malpractice up until they had the the, and so now they find themselves at age 20 or age 30 or whatever age age they are and almost to a person i've 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 heard it described that that first time you attempt to travel by yourself after the injury quite frankly is overwhelming you don't know how you're going to go to the bathroom. You don't know how you're going to eat. You don't know how you get your clothes changed. You don't know how to get on and off the airplane. You don't know who's going to handle your luggage. You don't know any any of those things you used to know. You don't know any of them anymore. And so Bob's point was so uh, so uh, uh, important as a message out there to to kids and to parents uh, to to uh, have the confidence that if if uh, you're you're your child or your young teen or as an adult, if you're traveling with other people like Bob, there is not one thing that's gonna come up that Bob Lujano doesn't know how to handle because hmm. he's handled it. He's, he's been handling it for years and he knows what to do. And as, as opposed to a, a paid caregiver or as opposed to mom or dad or somebody, to have somebody like Bob who has lived it and knows how to deal with all of those types of things that can come up, man, it's the greatest learning experience in the world. Uh, and, And you learn, as Bob said, you learn that you can do all of it. Right, Bob?
1: You got it.
0: And I'm sure many of those uh, individuals, your team members, you've become friends with long-term. I competed in college and we always used to say, I wrestled in college, we always used to say, you know, instead of joining a frat and paying for our friends, we bloodied them up and they became our best friends.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. you know, that's yeah. And I'm still great friends with a lot of those guys from college. Um, but, you know, seeing you guys here on camera, I know that you guys are great friends. Uh, you guys kind of jab at each other a little bit, and I love that. And I feel like that's how you know people are, know each other pretty well there. <laughs> um, and to give you that confidence um, of being on a team, I think is so important, especially for kids. Um, being, th- being able to be with uh, their peers and kind of grow there with them. Uh, and have that support because, like you said, there are days when I'm off. There are days when my my friends and my teammates are off. Uh, but it's kind of like the one horse can pull a cart of a thousand pounds, but two horses can pull a cart of five thousand pounds, or you know, whatever that comes out to. So when, yeah. when you're with the team, you can do a lot more there. Uh, now, you mentioned the uh, traveling. I'm going <clears> to <throat> acknowledge chat here. Darcy Porter Dixon says, so many great points, you guys. The growth of women's teams is the, is the same way, especially getting these, these kids that team family atmosphere. Um, so was that something kind of earlier where Paralympics was majority of men's sports? Or did uh, men's and women's sports kind of grow together there?
1: yeah in regards to men's and women's i believe they have uh grown together um I'm trying to think probably the first sport that was probably um i guess if you want to call separated i mean the, the big time sports have always featured men and women swimming uh track field basketball you know those are the ones that have always you know had women and men on on you know different uh playing courts if you will. Uh, rugby is one of those wheelchair rugby is one of those sports where it is very much co-ed where there are women that we're playing in the Paralympic games that you'll see in Tokyo. Um, you know, we have one, uh, that's real close to making the team that that's on the national team now here in the USA, but it's, you know, trending forward probably in, in, in France and, and definitely in LA to be on our national team. But, uh, but yeah, to, to find those sports that are co-ed, uh, you know, it's kind of unusual, but eventually, uh, I could see it trending in that way, but it's definitely trending that way in regards to to wheelchair rugby.
0: I never thought about the co-ed sports like that. Um, You know, through wrestling, we heard a lot of Title IX and there has to be the same opportunity for men and women. Now, wrestling was something that was primarily dominated by men uh, and more women have started to get into the sport internationally, especially. Um, but I never thought about the coed aspect. That's a really cool thing to have uh, on an international competition there, and that's something that you normally don't see uh, in
2: many sports. So I, I yeah, it, I'm not. I'm, I was sitting here racking my my brain. I'm not sure. At the Paralympics, there's no other team. There's no other team sport that's coed, is there, Bob?
1: Um, it, it, I think bocce might be. Uh, And, and I'm trying to think what else, um, yeah, I, I think you, you hit it on the head judge. They're they're usually it
2: is that's, that's part of the uniqueness. That's part of the uniqueness of wheelchair rugby is to, uh, watch the men and the women, uh, compete very much at the same level, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a great opportunity for a young woman who, uh, loves contact sports.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I was doing some of that one-on-one competition uh, in some uh, triathlons some spring triathlons and I wanted to get back into the contact so I started playing the ice hockey there uh, and there's just something about contact sports that uh, I need to have in my life
2: <laughs> um, I uh, want to talk a little bit, uh, I think I love the digression you are you you, you have gone from wrestling to hockey with a future in golf is that what you said? <laughs> i'm trying to so wrestling was like the hands-on
0: uh now i'm playing hockey which is like the stick and so it's a little bit of a racket sport and i figure i'll just go from the stick to the club so i'm trying okay. to get better i think extension <laughs> of my, myself kind of way um i've heard a lot about the olympic village um if you guys could tell me what that's like um and being around uh competitors from the different nations and kind of what that uh, what that experience is like
1: well, from an athlete perspective, um, especially in wheelchair rugby, um, you know, internationally, I, I played against, uh, you know, many countries. So all we're doing when we go to the, uh, the village areas is, is, is kind of just getting together with guys we've known, known for a while, been best friends with uh, here in the States. On, in the US QRA, uh, the United States Quad Rugby Association, uh, you're allowed to have one international player on your club team. So it's, it's over that experience that you become, you know, real acquainted with people from the other countries and, and different languages and cultures. So uh, it's good just to see them again. Of course, uh, you also have to keep in mind that you're also going to be playing against them. Um, you know, so at the end of the day, when it's all said and done and, and, and the medals have been handed out, you know, if, if you're on the podium or not, but if your friends internationally are, you're definitely, uh, you know, very happy for them, Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's just been having that experience of knowing them, uh, playing with them, and then competing against them. You know, it it at times can minimize rivalries, if you will, because you kind of know who they are, and then, you know, they're outstanding people. But yet, you know, when you get on that court, it is all about trying to get the medal and, and if you have to go through your best friend to get it, you'll do it. But you know, at the end of the day it's also just realizing we're we're all having the same endeavor, we're all competing hard and, and you know the best team will, will, will earn a medal. So
2: well my, my my I'll I'll say my experience from a whole different viewpoint it is I was in the Olympic village in uh in London and I, I I spent 18 days with my eyes wide open and my, my mouth, a gap. I, I, I just, part of it was almost the pinch yourself. Like how in the world did I, who I'm not an athlete, I'm not, I'm nobody. How did I end up for 18 days in the Olympic village in London? And, and just that kind of the soaking it in and trying to, uh, you know, trying to uh, uh, recognize that this is a once in a lifetime, and it's it's not ever, go- it's never be re- repeated again. Uh, the 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 food court is the most amazing thing <laughs> on the planet, or it was in London. You walk into this giant building, tent like thing, where they can feed like twenty five hundred people at a time, because it was built for the Olympics, which is a much bigger venue. So you walk in there for the Paralympics, and it's just, massive cavernous thing. And every day the menu changes. And I'm not talking about like a menu, like you go through with your little metal tray and it's spaghetti day at school. No, 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 no. There was cuisine from all, there there are stations. And every day, there's like 20 different stations. And here's the Asian station. And here's the Southwest uh, American station. And here is the English food. And here's the, and every day it changed. And the astonishing thing to me was the number of American athletes, not just rugby players, but the number of American athletes who ate every meal at McDonald's, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you wait a minute, you can have Stilson and leeks for breakfast. You 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 can eat. And oh no, I'm getting a bacon cheeseburger for breakfast because that's McDonald's. But I'm, I'm, that's that's where I'm going. Um, and
1: another unique feature about the village was uh, when I was in the Athens, is you actually got you know. Haircuts, and I've never in my entire life, yeah, tattoos. uh, I've never in my entire life had my hair dyed. I decided to to do it. I had just streaks put in it, but you know, I I did that just because the opportunity was there and uh, it was free. So I very much enjoyed that uh, experience in that regard.
0: Yeah, watching uh, on TV, you kind of just see. Uh, the competition side of it, uh, where, you know, the individual, individuals come out and they may compete for an hour or it may just be, you know, 10 seconds. But there's so much of that experience of traveling, of being around people from different nations, um, the food. Now, did you guys, I know it's a little bit different this year with what's going on with the pandemic and what have you. But did you guys get out and explore the city, like um, the, the host city? Oh, yeah. And tell us a little bit about that.
2: The, the, uh. London, uh, um, Olympic village, uh, the venue and all was basically in, in London. And so there was a, uh, uh, underground, uh, there was a tube station, like 15 feet outside the main entrance. And so you could walk out, uh, if you, wherever you wanted to go, you could just get on the underground and go anywhere you wanted to. Uh, you, uh, uh, there was a, uh, England's largest mall is right next door to the venue. And so there was this astonishing shopping experience there. I I tell you, one of the things that just amazed me about going out like that, though, uh, and uh, it it just really kind of got all, all over me, the reception by the people in London, of uh, the athletes and even the staff, you know, if, if, if I walked out in this shirt that I put on today, I don't think I've had it on since London. I don't think I've had it on since London, but if I walked out in this, you would get mobbed. People, people, people uh, just the average person they wanted to talk to They want to know who you were. They want to know why you were there. I told all of them, I was the head coach of the rugby team. They wanted my autograph. I mean, I lied, I made stuff up, but they wanted my autograph and I thought, Hey, Hey, it's a great experience for them. Okay they can go tell people they met somebody famous when they really didn't, you know, no, I didn't, I didn't do any of that, but I'm just saying, no, it was just amazing uh, response. I think that's one reason uh, London kind of set the uh, uh, benchmark for how a Paralympic should be done. Uh, the English had spent several years educating. They had, they had, had the, they instituted these programs in their schools for the kids and they, 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 they put up billboards, uh, they, they they, became very very famous for a billboard they put up the, the the day the Olympics ended uh channel 4 in uh England put up a billboard that said thanks for the warm-ups Paralympics start in two weeks that's uh, amazing uh, you know they that. they really pushed it and so there was this amazing response when you got outside the village of uh people wanting to know who you were and who you were there and and it, it wasn't just me. I mean, you, you you could go out and you saw saw all the athletes, all the staff in their country's outfits, their uh, uh,
1: uniforms,
2: uh, and the people were so responsive to it.
1: I love. Yeah, for that, me, the best I, oh, experience was was going to the uh, in Athens, going to the Acropolis and the Parthenon, uh, and again to Gary's point, people just knew who you were. Um of course, uh, to me, the most beautiful aspect of Athens was the beaches, the white sands and the blue water. So, you know, it was very much just being in this beautiful tropical area. I'm going to step away for one <laughs> second. <laughs> <very> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it was just, you know, overwhelming experience knowing they were there. People went out of their way to accommodate you uh, for, uh, for literally for for those 18 days. You're, you're basically treated, you know, like a like a king or like a part of the family. <laughs> Part of the country, so very gracious host and very enjoyable time.
0: Now I feel like the current excuse, excuse,
2: excuse me. I had cheated. a puppy. I had a puppy come in the room. <laughs> uh, very good. Well, you can always put her, him or her on screen. Oh, uh, she should be a star.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I feel like the current Paralympians are kind of being cheated in that aspect. They're not able to go out. Um, and and enjoy the culture there, the local host city. Um, And I feel like they're not getting that full experience. And I kind of feel, you know, uh, not bad. I mean, they're having a great time and doing what they love. But uh, when you guys talk about your experience at the Olympic and the Olympic or Paralympic Villages, um, and, uh, you know, I, I feel like that's just an awesome experience. I wasn't really sure why you guys were hinting that the 2020 or 2012 London uh, Paralympics were kind of the benchmark and I didn't know that London and Britain did that behind the scenes kind of uh, media and push there and I feel like Birmingham maybe we should take a tab uh, out of that playbook for the World Games coming up because that impact is so I mean that lasts forever not just for that event
2: uh not only London in uh 2012 but vancouver hosted the world games in 2014 i believe uh, uh the, not not i'm sorry not the world games uh, the uh, uh world cup world of Champions, rugby world,
1: world yeah, cup, yeah yeah and world uh, it
2: it it mimicked what london did they spent about a year uh teaching uh the kids uh in the schools they had a whole curriculum uh, set up, they, they they had stuff that they gave all the teachers, they had videos, they did all this, they took the kids places uh, for the entire city, and of course, in England, they did it for the entire country, uh, th- th- there's a lot of, uh, and there would be no need for Birmingham to rein- reinvent the wheel, there's a lot of curriculum material that's already been developed, uh, that that is very available, uh, that I know they used there, I know they used in Vancouver, uh, where uh the, the idea of we're spending all this time and money to do an amazing thing in Birmingham and it would be a shame to miss the opportunity to educate and to introduce and to say, guys and gals, there's the most amazing things about to happen in Birmingham.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I really feel yes, like and it the is, further-
1: Yeah, and to further add on to that point, right now, what is going on with World Games behind the scenes is just still more of the planning, just more of those things, kind of what Gary was talking about in regards to educating people, uh, but also just making sure the city of Birmingham, uh, with transportation and and venue access, is is geared to giving people with disabilities opportunity uh, for that access. And also, just remember with it being in the summer of uh, 2022, you know, there's not really anything competing, you know, there's no Olympics and Paralympics going on, so, I mean, I know the World Cup is actually happening, uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, for here, for Birmingham, we will be able to have that type of social media uh, burst, if you will, to really target, And, and that was probably one of the beauties of 2012, is, you know, social media was just in full effect, it was, you know, So no doubt we'll have more even platforms uh, in that regard to promote this event and and no doubt it's going to take a page out of London, if you will, and and head in that direction.
0: I have family and friends coming from out of town. We're already talking about it, getting a huge Airbnb house here in the city um, and then staying for like a week uh, because they they haven't really been to Birmingham before. Uh, So we're going to make the most of it and hope to be at a lot of events there. Um, So the Paralympics are going on right now. Uh, I watched a little bit last night, some swimming. Um, if there are a few events that you guys are extremely excited about um, that the audience could be like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure to put a marker there and log on and watch that event. Are there a few that you'd like to talk about?
2: Well, the most obvious one is wheelchair rugby. And uh, uh, the, the games have been on the last two nights at 930. USA beat New Zealand. And then usa beat our our it's like uh uh batman and the joker uh usa and canada uh we we all, it's, it doesn't matter what your team is it is the ultimate match for the two teams uh it's like because we're cousins we share a border and so we hate each other and uh <laughs> uh, uh we also love we also love those guys some two i've got two 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 or three of my better friends in rugby play play for canada and i know bob's shaking his head there are some amazing men and women involved in that program uh tonight unfortunately it's uh usa and great britain but it will be at i think 4 30 in the morning on nbc uh nbc sports uh so uh i watched the first two games i i'm not sure i'll make it a 4 30 in the morning one uh (laughs) not not but uh uh Wheelchair rugby has had some amazing games already. The defending gold medal team, Australia got upset, uh, in their opening match. They got beat, uh, by who? Uh, the, the other sport I would mention, and I'm not sure the schedule on it, but you certainly ought to look it up because it, it not only fascinates me, but I I know a couple of the players and it is the most amazing thing to watch is seated volleyball, uh, where, uh, these are men and women, uh, uh, and you play the entire game seated uh, on the floor, not in not in wheelchairs, you're on the floor playing. And the speed and accuracy with which they play volleyball, se- seated on the floor, uh, I have tried, I've actually tried to play it up at Lakeshore uh, against some of these uh, Paralympians, and uh, they just dominate you. It is it, it, astonishing athletes. So if you get a chance to catch seated volleyball, I really recommend that one. Bob?
1: Mm. Yeah, and then in regards to all, all the other sports, no doubt, uh, swimming and, you know, with Jessica Long and uh, track and field with, with Tatiana McFadden. So, uh, yeah, I have good friends also that play wheelchair basketball for men and women. So those are sports I definitely want to see. Um, you know, again, whatever your favorite sport is, there's, there's something for you to, to watch and, and be a fan of. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm trying to catch as much as I can. Uh, but the, no doubt, Gary hit it on the head. It, it is definitely wheelchair rugby that I have set the, the VCR to and, and will watch. And I'll probably will get up actually at 4.30 in the morning, Gary, just to watch it. Just. Do,
2: do, <laughs> do not call me. Do not call me. No, <laughs> not. Do not call me. <laughs>
0: now, is that the championships or when are the wheelchair rug, rugby medal round? Because I want to make sure you, I tune in for that
2: okay there are uh uh is five uh five days of rugby uh you play the first three days you play within your pool uh usa was in is in the pool with uh new zealand who we beat opening night canada who we beat last night and great britain who we will beat tonight uh uh and so the first day the first three days you play in the pool and the top two teams out of the pool advance to the medal rounds uh and so my my assumption my assumption right now is it, it, it ought to be USA and Great Britain advancing against Japan and Denmark, maybe Bob?
1: Yeah, he knows. Uh, you know, Denmark did pull the the big upset being Australia, which, um, yeah, we'll we'll see. They still got a long way to go, uh, but those are the top four teams: Australia, uh, Great Britain, Canada, uh, excuse me, USA, and uh, Japan. So any one of those four can win it. Uh, it only takes uh, yeah, one. but
2: the question is whether Australia is even going to make medal play.
1: You well, know? that'll be interesting. That, uh, that'll be. Because, interesting. Hey, yeah. Bob.
2: Bob, Australia has to beat Japan tonight
1: yeah, yeah if australia does
2: not beat japan australia doesn't advance
1: no. yeah so no. that'll be huge. i love the drama so. on the
2: international stage
1: but august
2: 28th and as 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 bob as bob said earlier though it it's fun and easy to talk about these games we know most of those players and uh we have had we we have close friends who play for australia close friends who play for Japan who coach it Japan uh the uh, uh head coach of Japan actually lives here in Birmingham Oh really uh so i mean we 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 have uh, friends uh, uh all across these pools all all across these things and so uh uh you love them but you still want to beat them right bob
1: <laughs> Oh yeah it's you're, you're good friends bunch you're off the court on the court it's if you have to go through your good friend to to get a medal you're going to go through your good friend so uh just so that you know August 28th is uh, and 29th and August 29th will be the gold medal match so those are the two dates uh to to be aware of and, and put on your calendar but uh but yeah you can watch most of it on, uh, on 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 whatever television you have or network you have uh NBC is primarily the main uh, uh I guess network that's carrying it but um but August twenty eighth and 29th, definitely circle on, on your calendar. I'm
0: gonna to have to watch that uh, that medal round and the gold uh, the Olymp- uh, the gold going for the gold game. Um, now you mentioned that the uh, the head coach for Japan lives here in Birmingham. Did I hear that correct? Yes.
2: And he he is I- uh he's the former former head head coach up at Lakeshore and former head coach of USA Rugby. Uh, and is now the head coach, head coach in Japan. He's and had a he's had a he's had a remarkable career, and he has probably influenced positively more lives of young athletes than any person Bob and I know.
1: Definitely, he's been a good friend of ours for over twenty years. So, uh, no doubt, uh, he's he's made his Im- impact on this sport not only from an individual standpoint, but also some of the rules, uh, you know, the shot clock that's yep. offered. You know, that was definitely his idea, so... And he lives in Pelham, Alabama. So.
0: <laughs> well, I think that speaks a lot to Birmingham, Alabama, um, and NICPAD yes. and Lakeshore, um, that Birmingham, Alabama is is really a focal point and uh, a leader in Paralympics, and adaptive sports. And if you guys could kind of comment on how NICPAD and Lakeshore are fostering uh, that opportunity for young athletes, and then also when they get a, into the Paralympics, uh, kind of the training grounds there, what's available?
1: Well, uh, first and foremost, uh, at Lakeshore Foundation, we really focus a lot of our recreation programs uh, to kids uh, starting. We always say we serve from one to 101, Uh, so we try to get youth with disabilities into Lakeshore at a very young age, whether it be for swimming, whether it be just to our youth programs that we have for activity. And then as a child advances in their age, they have the opportunity to do Competitive level, and so it's up to them and their families to decide. Well, let's go ahead and move them into this area. And that area is typically wheelchair basketball. Uh, we also have uh, a, a youth power chair, a power soccer league or uh, a team. And you know, at the end of the day, and, and swimming, you know, at the end of the day, it's just to have that uh, competitive uh, team aspect for a youth with disability. And and it's from there, then the youth can have a trajectory of, of whether they want to uh, ascend to a Paralympic level or, or stay at a club team level. Again, the objective is to continue staying as active as you can. That, that's the, the overall goal from being a youth all the way to an adult. You know, Like I said, whether you reach the Paralympic level or not, if you can stay active, uh, even if you're an old man at, at my age, if you can continue staying active you're definitely you know adding years on to your health uh, people with disabilities are more susceptible to secondary health conditions and uh, you know heart attack stroke cancer diabetes so it's being active that's really important here and here at Lakeshore Foundation we offer from a competitive standpoint from a recreation standpoint mm-hmm.
2: well and uh, Lakeshore was the first In the nation to be a Olympic Paralympic Training Center. Uh, It was the very first center in in the nation to get that designation. Uh, So as we uh, laughingly say sometimes, uh, Lakeshore is actually much better known internationally and nationally than sometimes it's known in Birmingham. Uh, It really is one of Birmingham's great secrets. What's 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 located there. Uh, uh, The uh, uh, Bob mentioned about the involvement of youth, and I, I, one of the things that impresses me uh, about the Lakeshore program and the Lakeshore uh, uh, legacy uh, is that I, I've 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 had conversation with parents before who said we can't afford it. That, that is no that 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 is just. I, I want to say that to anybody listening. That is not true. Lakeshore will figure out a way for your kid to be involved. Uh, Uh, Lakeshore will figure out a way to give a scholarship, to raise money, to help you, to point you in the right direction, to find you something. Uh, I don't, some, somebody might correct me, but I do not know of a child that was ever turned away from Lakeshore because quote, they couldn't afford it. Uh, Mm. that is a open place with an open, open courts and, uh, uh, Lakeshore will find a way. And I say that I don't work for Lakeshore. Okay. Uh, I say that to everybody. Bob, Bob, Bob Morgan. there. So he, he has to be a Yeah. He, he has to say good things. I don't work there. Uh Lakeshore will find a way uh to create that opportunity for that child, uh, whether it's at a camp, whether it's on the court, whether it's in the pool, whether I mean what, whatever it is. Uh, and that's a very strong message I'd like to send this morning <clears throat> to any parent that's listening. Uh <clears throat> Uh, Lake Lakeshore is there for you and is there for your kids. Mm-hmm.
0: I have a family member that uh, utilizes the pool at Lakeshore. Um, And it's really the only time that she's able to get around um, by herself unassisted because the buoyancy in the pool. Um, And when we go in and she goes in, um, you know, there are events going on all the way from her just kind of hanging out in the pool, moving around, sitting on the on the step there and socializing all the way to people upstairs that are beating the crap out of each other, you know, competing (laughs) in whatever sport that is up on the track. And I love to see it there. Uh, because you never know what, you, what you're gonna see but it's just a very i, I love the lakeshore foundation i was introduced a couple years ago uh and it's very inviting very i've always said very arms open uh come on in kind of thing yeah. Good. um <clears throat> as we kind of uh come to the end of our broadcast today uh i always like to ask is there anything that we haven't talked about Um, that you think either uh, a child uh, that's competing or some parents uh, listening, that they could benefit from hearing about uh, competition, about Lakeshore, NICPAD, and the Paralympics?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'll just briefly speak on behalf of NICPAD. Um, You know, Lakeshore itself is geared towards uh, uh, youth and, and adults with physical disabilities, um, you know, there is a population that has, you know, intellectual disabilities, and that's kind of where NICPAD comes into play, providing resource information uh, on exercise, fitness, wellness, and nutrition uh, towards uh, disability across the spectrum. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we can provide those resources. And also, we do a lot of collaboration, community collaborations in regards to promoting inclusion. Just want to make sure that people uh, you know, have an access uh, opportunity for addressing built access issues uh, as well as policy issues. So uh, our objective at times is to not only collaborate locally with various organizations, but also outside of, of uh, Birmingham and, and Alabama in general. And, you know, at the end of the day, from a standpoint of, of just being involved in disability period, uh, you know, Lakeshore Foundation, along with Pad, you know, has that moniker, locally, nationally, and internationally to where we're looking just to promote the lives, uh, to better the lives of people. Um, And also just wanting to to let families know that, uh, you know, it's very unique to have a situation like this. Uh, You know, I grew up with my disability, and I I lived in Dallas, Texas, and there was nothing like this, uh, even as, as big as Dallas, Texas is. You know, I I, was, I had my disability when I was nine, but it wasn't until it was, I was 20 years old that I had my first experience of any organized activity geared specifically to a person with a disability. So, you know, right now, for, uh, kind of echoing to what Gary said, if you're a, uh, a family that has a child with a disability, you know, definitely look into Lakeshore. Uh, just go to uh, lakeshore.org. Uh, we definitely—that's the website—and we definitely could move forward in, in providing whatever accommodations are needed, and, and just that opportunity for exercise and recreation.
2: Thank you, Mr. Lohano. Yeah, I want to add this, and it's—it's—it's. Oh, big cry saying it because I—I look at Bob Lohano. and I've—I've I've only known Bob as an elite athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've worked with the Lakeshore rugby team for 15 years. I've been in training camps with Bob. I have only known Bob as an elite athlete competing at the very highest level the world offers, okay? And I want to tell you something. There was a day that wasn't Bob Lujano. There was a day, as he said, he was 20 or whatever old he was when he first got introduced to it. There was a day when Bob got in a... A rugby chair or a basketball chair or a sports chair or at the pool or whatever for the first time and i guarantee you at that moment bob was not an elite athlete <laughs> the, the very first time he pushed that chair he wasn't an elite athlete and it's 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 really easy to talk about the P- P- paralympics and to and to see these amazing athletes but i'm going to tell you what for every single one of them they weren't born amazing athletes. There was that first time they picked up the uh, fencing foil. There was that first time they tried to push a wheelchair. The first time they put a limb in a pool. The first time they uh, uh, tethered up with another athlete to run a race. The first time they put on a prosthetic. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy that first time, or the second time, or the third time, or the fourth time. And so, to recognize there are very few Bob Lujano's in the world, very few elite athletes, right? I, I mean, I don't know you, but I'm, you You did not participate at uh, the highest level of wrestling in the Olympics, did you? And I you aren't not, in the Stanley Cup with your, with your hockey, are you? No, nah, no, nah, I nah. was thinking and about it earlier to I won't see you at the senior master's someday. But you know what, you, you, you do what you do because you enjoy it and because it makes you better. And the whole point of everything we're talking about is getting better that's 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 the whole point better emotionally better physically uh better socially uh better in every way and you know what if you work every day to be better you you are an elite person you may not ever be on the stage in the paralympics you you may not ever be there i'll never be there but i try every day to be better and I think that's how you define that elite attitude: is that every day you're just doing the best you can to be the best you can. And Lakeshore will help you be there.
1: Yeah, and, and the like further follow up. Yeah, and the follow up on that—you know—some of the outcomes of the efforts here at Lakeshore by their staff and by the members uh, are people like uh, Gary Pate. <laughs> Don't let me get emotional here. Um, coming into people's lives and as you can tell his outstanding intellect and, and just personality that brings you in uh, you can't help but the, the, to admire and love a person like Gary pate and, uh, and but those are the outcomes that you give people like that to come into a lakeshore environment to where you know what you know hey maybe a tough, tough day for me out on the court but uh, you know I have a good friend I can turn to that's going to say hey Bob. You know, let's go out and grab something to eat or something and then come over and play with my kids or something. You know, just, just something to kind of, you know, make you realize that, uh, it is about socializing. It is about relationships. And, and, and that's really the, the beautiful outcome of the work that's done here is having people in our community come be a part of our community and make our, our our organization, our, our area, our, our, our city, our state, our country uh, better because of those experiences and relationships.
0: It really is contagious uh, when you get into Lakeshore, the people there. I was thinking about it earlier today. I think the highest I've ever been ranked is top 25 in the nation in college and I come into Lakeshore wow. and I'm sitting next to Bob and you know he is top you know, bronze medal, maybe top 30 in the world when you guys medaled there, um, you know, and to, to be around these people and that type of attitude. You know, it takes a certain it takes a certain attitude every day to become that elite athlete. Uh, and that kind of flows throughout, you know, everything on the court, but also off the court and who you are and being around that type of individual. I love being around um, individuals like that, like Bob, um, like yourself, Mr. Pate. Um, because I, I find that I'm a happier person and I strive to do better in my life. And I think that comes through at Lakeshore, uh, w- no matter what you're doing there. So, um, I want to thank both of you for being on this morning with us and, and kind of hyping up the Paralympics. Uh, I've got the, the 28th, 29th marked down for myself so that when we have another conversation, I'm knowledgeable about what we're talking about, <laughs> but, um, at this point uh we're going to go ahead and end the broadcast and uh maybe we'll do a follow up after the uh Paralympics.
2: Uh, hey, it was once an again, ab- I'd like to... ab- absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for letting us be with you. Definitely.
1: And just remember and the point... Paralympics they'll, they'll end on September 5th uh, the Paralympics so uh definitely keep that on your, your calendar as well. So uh but yes, just let us know anytime uh we can give you a uh a Gary and, and Bob show so uh just just let us know. <laughs>
0: I would love to see if I could get NBC's permission to stream uh, the <laughs> championships, the gold medal match of rugby, uh, wheelchair rugby, and have you guys, like, comment on it. Um, oh, yeah. They'll probably oh, say yeah, no. We've, that. we've, been, oh, we've yeah, actually we've done videos. that
1: before. So we've done that before. So,
0: so that, uh, that we'll see what happens. But
1: okay.
0: um, Once again, thank you guys for being with us this morning. And um, we'll go ahead and give a wave to our, our cameras individually. And then the way that you'll exit out of this one is just exiting out of the window up top. And Clifton will go ahead and take us uh, offline.